Foley, welcome to Beyond. How are you doing, man? I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Blessings and waves, man. Yeah. Out, out here in beautiful Orange County. So. Yeah, and by the way, happy birthday. Yes, yes. You're yeah, you working got, on your birthday. You got to work on the birthday, man. You know, there's no rest to the weary. Yeah. <laughs> so I like it. Blessings and waves. So you have been on this incredible odyssey of discovery with uh, music as a key communication vehicle. And have come to co uh, together to create the Orange Collective with um, NBL Zamir and Wim, the musician. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Man, that it's been it's been about, oh, man, I want to say that video was 2018. Yeah, 2018, it's been about three years. And uh, we it started out with an idea. We I felt like Orange County didn't have like an anthem, a song to showcase Orange County culture. And so... Um, my, my best friend Matt at the time at Cal State Fullerton, we came up with this idea called The Orange Collective. It was going to bring creatives like yourself and artists, entrepreneurs, all that together uh, to, to make a, a big conglomerate empire. So uh, I brought all these people together to the table at Denny's by Cal State Fullerton. Everyone hated the idea. They're like, nope, you're trying to absorb us. You're a band. We're this, we're that. So that went on the shelf, and we started my, 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 uh, my company called Classic Gentleman with, with Matt and Dee. And so from there, um, I started to connect with NBL Zamir at Cal State Fullerton, had an hour conversation, never met the guy. I was just like, hey, man, we're going to work together in the future. And then um, I heard about Wim the Musician. He was a cool artist out in Orange County scene. And um, from there, uh, we, we had a couple other artists, as you could see, within the fabric of time that were inside the video, inside the collective. And um, it, it became something. So, I, so I, we had a meeting at, in Santa Ana. Uh, at at uh, uh, this 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 place called uh, Unlocked Studios or something like that, and um, about four people said yes, they loved the idea. So we went we went along, we went along, and uh, I showcased a a course. So I was working out, and I and I made that course. I popped up with the juice, and so we went and I was playing out, and then I was like, okay, this could be it. So I showed them two different variations of it because I wrote something else, and they're like, that's the one. So we did that one, and um, it just went crazy. Was this one in 2018, the yes, video? Yes, yes. What's the name of it? Juice Sound. Juice Sound. We're going to play a clip right now. I'm on the south side of the OC, where they serve ties, and the ride start with letter B. I popped it with that Juice Sound. Juice Sound. Bass as playing loud, playing loud. This with all my people from the town, from the town. Sudden up, but we still down, still down. Still down. What you really about? Cowabunga when that surf sound, surf sound. Cowabunga with that surf sound, surf A punter with that juice sound. Bass booming, yeah, it's playing loud. It's all my people that's from the town, from the town. Sun up, but we still down, still down. That was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So take us back a little bit. Where did your passion for music get its roots? Uh, the church, man. The church. Uh, mom and dad, thank you, uh, uh, Willie Holmes Sr. and my, and my mom. I started out playing the drums at three years old. And um, my dad was always in music. He played the piano, had a big choir. You know, if the Kanye West choirs, my dad had those choirs yeah. like when he was young, my age. Like I saw uh, Kanye West on James Corden yeah. on the plane yeah. with his whole choir. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had that going on. And yeah. so it was... Uh, it was kind of like meant to be, but uh, uh, then me and my brother, um, Kyle, he started a rap group, and then, um, then it became a band. I had a band called Authentic People, supplying original, originality, and um, from there, 
it just was like, okay, we're getting it. Uh, we like church stuff, but we also like kind of like cultural stuff. How do we like do it? So it became like a roots type band. And then, uh, you know, as bands do, the band broke apart or whatever, but I always had this passion about Orange County um, and, and bringing it, you know, putting it on the map. And, um, and then, um, so I was always in business and always connecting with people and stuff like that. And so I left music for a while because I was like, my business partner said, you don't have a platform. So there's no reason <laughs> to keep doing it until you build a platform. So that we built up the platform, branded my page the way it is as just a connoisseur of culture in Orange County. And then I was like, okay, now it's time to go back to music. Got it. And you this know? is with the Orange Collective. Yes. And you had that plan. But let's, let's go back, though, from that. You, obviously, your parents um, provide, planted a pretty strong belief in God. Yeah. The church had a big impression upon you at a young age. Yeah, man. Um, but then at some point, you decided to go step out and form a band. Now, my question is, having been in the church a lot, right. there's a lot of dogma, a lot of values, a lot of morals, a lot of rules. If you yes, will. of course. And then you go out into the secular the world secular and start guy. singing. Right. What was that? <laughs> oh, my God. If you like? wanna, that's what I was going to say. My dad hated the idea of yeah. rapping. He wanted me to actually at that time I used to like theatrical mime dance, which was like a, it's like a, you know, like a mime from like France or whatever to gospel songs. So he wanted to do that because that was working. We were going to like big Hollywood events, Hollywood shows. And I was like, man, I really want to do music, but I, I want to talk about God. But I want to talk about, you know, relationships, societal situations, politics situations. And uh, he disliked it. He disliked it until until. He saw Juice Sound at Time Nightclub. He, I finally got the clap. My dad's like a mix of T.D. Jakes and Steve Jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my mom's like, oh, you know, if you want to do it, you know, God's, God's with you. Go ahead and do it. But my dad's like, hey, this has to equal this. This has to equal that. So, um, which uh, he, and he's been a big pusher and a supporter all the way through. I also sang in, uh, in, um, in high school. I was in, uh, at Fullerton High School as part of the Academy of the Arts. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I was in... Um, jazz choir i was in men's course i sang a lot of opera i was in a lot of plays so it's like it's been always there but i always wanted to take it to the next level in whatever capacity that i was so in. how do you think about people like billy eilish or justin bieber where i mean obviously have talent which which attracts people um there's a lot of artists that are trying to get discovered so what is that recipe for success what separates billy eilish justin bieber from other people that are trying to I, come I on think, the scene. I really think it's uh, knowing who you are and not being worried about the likes or the followers or the the uh, the clap or viral factor that everybody wants to have. The first video to go viral. It really is having that. I think to bring up Bieber, having that faith because mm -hmm. faith would brought Bieber back. Faith and love. You know what I mean? And we wouldn't we didn't know he was even going to give us an album, but having that faith and love and believing and the right team around you as well. To furnish the environment for creativity is a great recipe, but every, everyone's recipe is different. But I notice in my life it's been the people around me and having the faith um, and, and prayer. Most importantly, that's what's got me through. You know, it's funny uh, with Justin Bieber, he has a new uh, album out, Intentions. Yeah. And really is in the setting of the underprivileged, the disadvantaged, the homeless, um, the single mom, you know, the struggle. Yeah. And it was interesting as an artist to see him use his platform yeah. to shade, or not shade, but to provide you know, some luminosity towards the issue. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting because it's crazy because you're, you're bringing up something that I wanted to even, we haven't even talked about yet, was uh, on the album, we did a song called Good Energy, which deals with uh, suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. low self-esteem self and, um, and um, uh, health issues, mental health issues. Um, and we wanted to do something like that in Laguna, Newport, 
um, Huntington Beach, something like an intentions or like a God's plan, because nobody's done that yet in Orange County, a big like societal uh, day of kindness all throughout Orange County. And I think it's important, especially when you have a platform like we do, to, to do that because it brings more, it, I feel it makes you more mercurial and more, more uh, viable for the people that's like, hey, I'm never gonna get that. I'm never gonna see that. But for that moment or the second that they're on that film with, with Bieber, you can tell that it's genuine. And I think oh, yeah. that's what people are looking for nowadays, genuine people. Yeah, authenticity. And you know, when you're in that environment, you can't help but be infected. I mean, if you're G Bieber or anybody else is on that shoot, um, I'm sure there was, you know, he goes back to nice lifestyle, right? Of course. But I got to believe he's walk away going, but for the grace of God, go I, because I could have been dead without Haley Bieber oh and what God. he was going through. The, the motto and, 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 and him going through low self-esteem and, su and suicidal thoughts. You would not think artists, and that's the other thing, artists go creatives as, as we are, go through the most battles. And it's like, we're the superheroes on the front lines for, of culture. Yeah. And without and without us battling for people to get through their, their work or their, their, their church life or their school life or their relational life, they wouldn't be able to get through. So it's thank God we have people like ourselves on the front lines, but unfortunately that starts to bear down on you, especially with Bieber or people like that's been growing up in it. Um, that's why they need the most support. Yeah, I can't imagine at 13 hitting that big and what goes on in that process and keeping your sanity or at least connected to the real world. Yeah. Because now yeah. that's... It's all on it's all, it's, it's, well, yeah. that's It's crazy that you said that because that's kind of what happened to me personally. I was doing a lot of club promotions uh, 2017, post-2018, and I was just like, someone someone sat me down. They're like, you're doing a great job. People know you, you know, but I started to get addicting, addicted to the applause. You know, you're the guy. You know, you're going to be with a celebrity, this and that. And um, someone said, is this you? Like, are you sure this is you? And I had to sit back, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't me. I'm... I'm not a promoter, I'm a connector. Right. You know, like I'm connecting you with you right now more than an artist or anything else. That is my superpower. Right. You know. So. Yeah, no, that's important. It's it's important to know who you are yeah. and not lose yourself <laughs> in the fame, the adulation, oh the money God. or whatever. God, it's so it happens so fast. Yeah. It really does, you know what I mean? Especially when people see you in these type of settings or outside other settings and you, you start to believe your own hype. And I think it was something dope that uh Will Smith said is you gotta be willing to like kill the character that you supposedly built yeah. to, to somehow get back to who you're supposed to be. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's true. That's what happens to all of us. Because most people in the real world going day to day, you know, it's like if someone drives up in a Maserati, Lamborghini, or Bentley, that's interesting, and you look at it, and the person in the Bentley thinks, hey, everybody's looking at me because I'm the man. But in reality, people are struggling with their plight and their struggle. They may look at it for a split second, and then you're washed out of their brain because they're worried about how am I going to make the payments? I'm going to eat. How am I going <laughs> to survival? Eat? Can I make the, you know, the house payment? Can I afford co whatever they're going on in their world? They're not thinking about that lifestyle and what that represents and adulating that person. It's like a, a sort of a snapshot and then they move on into their, their challenges. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people in my Instagram, especially because I do different kind of inspirational posts in my story. Like I've been making my Instagram less about me and more about inspiration, especially in the stories. People wanting prayer because they're going through suicidal thoughts or they're like thinking like your life's so good. And I tell them, hey, this is what's going on really in my life. And just sharing with them, it really gives them more validity, sometimes even more than a song or a record could ever do. Just a simple conversation or a simple just inspirational quote, like you said, can bring someone else further than 
the moment that I might create for that three minutes, the moment we might create for like three minutes. Or so. Yeah, personal touch, that connection. I think I read somewhere like one out of four Americans are just abjectly alone, just comp yeah. even in relationships. Yeah. And I also read another study where the happiest people that live the longest have truly loving relationships. There's people in their lives that are non-judgmental, that are supportive, that are loving, that are not drama. And I thought that was interesting. Um, it was a TED talk. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy because MBL Zamir, his thing is nothing but love. Yeah. And um, we, we're, we're big advocates uh, of, of that and, and, and self-love. A lot of people are dealing with a lot of just self-love issues where it's like, hey, you're worried about everybody else, but now it's time to worry about you. Well, I think society puts expectations and this is how you're supposed to be and success looks like this. And when you, for some people attain that, the, the ladder ends up against the wrong wall because it didn't mean what they thought it would mean. Yeah. But we have this whole culture with uh, social media and what people think fame is and what it's gonna bring them, yeah. that it's a complete disappointment. Or if they never hit that mark, they feel disappointed. And I always tell people, and I've said this many times in the show, that you know, to me, it's you got to reset the expectations. Yeah. It's like we have a blueprint for success that our parents gave us, and we don't hit that mark, we get what depressed, stressed, and kind of out of our minds. And I think sometimes you just have to reset the blueprint. It's like Fallujah, Iraq, when we were we had a lot of troops go in there and they got slaughtered. The idea of keep going back there again and again, you would say the commanders are crazy. Yeah. You avoid it, or you change the strategy. So changing the roadmap. And the other thing I found that was really effective was the meaning we give things. Why are people depressed? Why do they have those thoughts? Because they've given some aspect of their life or an event, a breakup of a relationship or whatever, a certain meaning behind it. And I always ask the question and challenge it. Well, who says it means that? Who says it means that? A who knows what it means? A thousand percent. There's, yeah. so, there's so many possibilities. And when you, exactly. I like what you brought up because we're, this is such a great conversation to have. Reprogramming is everything in this, in this season because that's what we've been talking about. Reprogramming our words, reprogramming how we think because it's like, I'm sorry, deprogramming, and then you have to reprogram what, what you're saying right now because society does not give these certain codes out to the masses. It's like, right. it's like when you have somebody like you, it's like, it's like, uh, was that, uh, uh, the Plato, the allegory of the cave and you got mm -hmm. Plato and you got the person that's like down there and it's like, whatever, how can you get him out? You need to deprogram so you can reprogram yourself to even survive. There's a lot of, uh, just, um, things that we were taught as kids that was to, meant to protect us. But as you come, as you grow up, it just was not the reality of the situation. You know, it was, it was, it was a deal. It was out of, it was to f make you fear and when you should be in a, in a spirit of faith. Right. And so I, I think it's, uh, it's important. Like you're saying, you've got to get out of the matrix. Yeah. And, and you know what? There's a lot of programming that really appeals to our ape brain. I call it the monkey brain. Yeah. Right. It's not the deep thinking brain. It's the reality. That's why Instagram is so famous. Right. I can see a picture. It gives me an emotion. It's like a shot of the dopamine, a dopamine, right versus the higher level thinking about like, why am I looking at the world this way? And what does this really mean? And every piece of information we're getting, you know, inbound through social media, through the media, to a large extent is programming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And somehow you have to have someone come through like an ice cutter, like a, a ship that goes through the ice and sort of break it up and get some perspective. Because I think people that are suicidal are, are in a serious way. They're really, really struggling. They are. But it all comes down to how are you looking at your life? Yeah. What is success? Is it 40 million in the bank or is it just being happy with really loving relationships? And I'd say to anybody who doesn't have those relationships that are loving, that are destructive, that are controlling, you got to take a look at that and find those people um, that can give you what you need as opposed yeah. to I'm going to stay in a controlled relationship or even with family, stay in a dynamic that isn't healthy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think... Uh 
what I think you're getting, what you're getting to is ultimately just being grateful for where you're at. Like that's, yeah. that's something I had to coming up on 29, almost 30. It's like, man, like, yeah, I could be in competition with, you know, in my mind, I'm not in competition with anybody in Orange County. I'm in competition with the guys like in, uh, in, in uh, Silicon Valley, you know what I mean? The guys that have the trust funds and they have the tech companies, but it's like really being grateful for like, hey, my parents brought me to Orange County. Uh, the, this opportunity to be in this, this interview right here, that's the blessing. That's yeah. the opportunity. That's the gratefulness that people need to see just to wake up. Some people didn't even wake up this morning. And I think that's what you're saying is, is, is it's powerful. It's so simple. But people skip over it because that goes back to what I was saying. We're too busy looking, scrolling up yeah. at other people's we're lives. We're in our heads. Yeah. You know, I always, uh, the other thing I think I'm a big believer is we've got to think in terms of cosmic time, right? Yeah. So you look at the universe, you know, almost 14 million years ago, the Big Bang. If you look at life in terms of cosmic time, I mean, we're not even, it's not even an angstrom. It's not even a drop. It's like infinitesimal, right? right. But if you think about, I think, you know, again, going back to people with depression, if they could appreciate what came together to make their form and their being in a cosmic sense, in cosmic right, time, as right. we're flying through outer space in this ball, this rock called Earth, right? If you look at it from that perspective, you're an absolute miracle. Yeah. And we get caught up in what? You know, if you, if you t- put, put yourself on the International Space Station, right? And you start flying over the Earth at 17,000 miles an hour. By the way, the sun rises and sets every 40 minutes. Right. And you start flying over parts of the Earth that you couldn't step foot in because the politics. Right. You realize that we're all kind of the same. We're all people wanting the same things. Yeah. But we're controlled and there's a lot of good and evil out there. Yeah, yeah. But if somehow we could think of things differently. Yeah, I think, I think going back, I think like what, I love what you're saying because it's, uh, it goes back to you, you as an individual are a human being and what at the end of the, at the end of your journey or at the end of your life does you leave culture and it doesn't doesn't mean you're gonna you have to be the most famous individual or the most smartest it's just what did you leave your space right. your dash that you that you had during that time and like well if, if you don't think of it in those terms then it's like of course every day is horrible of course it's your parents fault of course it's your girlfriend boyfriend's everyone else's fault instead of looking in the mirror and being like this is how can I make this better each day? You know, that's, it's just about becoming a better version of you. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. We were talking about this earlier, but rest in, rest, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But, you know, that's a prime yeah. example. The man had everything. Uh, multimillionaire, right? 600 million. 600 million. <laughs> and how much is Kobe worth? Zero. Zero. Right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting how quickly things can change. Yeah. And so the pursuits, I think if they're, if they're predicated on what speaks to your higher conscience, like what yeah. speaks to... Who you really are, assuming you know who that is, because that's part that's, of the journey. That's, is trying to that's, figure yourself that's out. That's a right? big part right there. A yeah. lot of people are walking around Earth, and even I know I was. They don't even know who they are, so they're they're constantly trying to make a variation of themselves that they were never really intended to be. And believe me, all the marketers love that. Right, 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 right. So confused, <laughs> right. So you buy all their products, right? You yeah. know, and so it becomes it becomes a a a, a different a different type of. Um, Narrative, yeah, and say the one that they want to do. I, like I said, I, I love, I love these type of conversations. No, but I mean, Kobe's a prime example. Is like, what do you invest in your life in? And you know, talk about an identity crisis. Let's say you don't die, but you lose everything. If your identity is built on the foundation of success, money, whatever, you just had an identity crisis. Who yeah. are you, right? Yeah. So somehow it's got to be built on something a little more solid. Yeah, and I, and, I always, and I always tell people there's 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 millions of things for you to put your faith in. Um, and you have to find that whatever that is for you. Right. Put your faith in something that in that in that course because you'll never lose it. It doesn't. I don't care what happens. What you lose. You know, coming from a person who has 
you know, lost his uncle. I just lost my grandfather. He, his birthday was yesterday, actually. Mm. Um, and just kind of sitting back at, at the church because they, they honored me. And I was just, just like, man, like, and he, he, he was well off too. And it's like, man, I, it just what, what, what is a millisecond even for Kobe? How much does that cost to like have their life back? You know, it's, it's, it's priceless. It is. You know. So let me go back. In 2018, you wanted to do a song to bring orange, uh, the, the, sorry, the country together called Juice Sound and form the Orange County Collector, which we've been talking about. What specifically did you see in the country that was creating this division? Um, I think, uh, well, I, that's, that's crazy, because even, even you bringing that up, I, I, it was for the county, but I didn't even think about the country. Um, that's dope. Uh, unity. It's in a space where there's a lot of divisiveness right now. I mean, you look at the Orange Collective in that video. You got an Asian guy, you got a, you got a black guy, you got a, uh, I think, an Islamic guy, you got, you got a half white, half black guy. Um, that, is, that is the future. That's what you're going to be looking at. And I think Orange County is very reminiscent of that in different parts. And I just think to see it all in a, in a space where, where in hip hop where you might think it's going to look this way, to switch it up on everyone and, and make it look this way, that you can still have fun and still it still be hip and cool and not have to appeal to the masses, not have to degrade women, not have to show any of those type of things. I think that was a shift, uh, a shift in the narrative. You know what I mean? That you just don't see. But I want, I want, I, I would say it was it was the unity factor um, uh, the most. Um, you know, I, and I think it's something I, I I always talk about with the guys is I'm my brother, my brother's me. That no matter what socioeconomic background, no matter where you're from, you can always have a seat at the table or make your own table. Right. I think people that create division is just highly insecure. Yeah, it's they fear. They want control and they it's get fear. insecurity and it's fear. And, you know, it, it tip, you know, I don't know. I, I look at the pol politics and sometimes I go there, what's going on there. And ultimately, to me, it's a form of control. Yeah. Somebody in media wants to control a narrative, wants to control an outcome. And if you have to divide and conquer, do it. then that's the price they're willing to they're pay. Willing to pay yeah. But in reality, as I've come across people, no matter what the political persuasion is, sexual orientation, doesn't matter. There's still people that want the basics. They want love. They want respect. respect they want yeah. certainty. Sure. Yeah. They want yeah. to know the world's not going to come crashing down on them. That's what I've seen. And they, and they want to know that they're loved and that they're needed. 100%. You know, and that's what I saw in those guys is, uh, especially when with guys, you don't usually, usually see in that. It's crazy even looking retrospect about it now. You never see groups like that anymore, too much anymore, because everyone needs to be the guy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I think the narrative of, in, of inclusion and um, just the spirit of collaboration, you know, coming back, even this conversation is a collaboration of us talking back and forth, not so much an interview, at least that what I felt. Is uh, is needed back in society? Is needed in this culture? You know 100%. what I mean? I mean, uh, you had what was that? Uh, Teddy Teddy Roosevelt, and he he put all those those programs together, um, and that was collaboration at its finest for people to have jobs at that time. Right. Um, which is it's beautiful, you know. It's important. You know, as, as I was listening to, I was watching Zion Williamson play, and he's phenomenal. Right? Yeah, he's amazing. Pelicans, and you know, anytime they ask him a question, he goes right back to the team. The team put me in the right spot. They, they, they saw where I was at. They got the ball to me, but it's all about the team. And you know, about, you know, regarding rookie of the year, he's like, you know, yeah, I'd like to get it, but you know, to me it's about winning games, and I'll do whatever I need to do to win the games and help the team. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying, as opposed to being the guy, just help the team win. Just help the team and, win. And I think in doing that, you'll become the guy because people will see your talents and your vision and your gifts, yeah. uh, and sometimes that's in a supportive role, and that's not bad. Yeah, and I think that's uh... – I always like to say is everyone is is the captain or or um, or boss so to speak of their space 
you know, and you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without Samir. When wouldn't be able to do what he what he does without without Samir? You know, it's it's all it's all a, like you said a team sport. If if you if you lose the championship, you all lose the championship. Like you said, you know, if you lose, you get a ring, we all get rings together. So right on. It's um yeah, they've they've been so supportive. Um and and all the platforms, a lot of platforms in Orange County have just um, rallied to, to see my vision, um, and and see it come to life as we're sitting over here and I wouldn't have thought you know what I mean that I'd be here three three years ago I knew I'd be somewhere mm -hmm. um, but you hindsight you, you never know that's right yeah. so as a musician I, I've watched you know Billie Eilish and a number of entertainers and I watch them as they sing and I'm really focused on the audience and seeing their reaction right. walk us through in your experience as a musician how does music affect people and bring people together I, I think it's really cool that you said that because having a lot of performances that we've had um, it can make people um, happy make people mad make, make people sad it can um, it can draw them in bring them together something a, a situation societal situation that came together um, from the orange collectors perspective it's always like good energy like smiles hugs love it's, it's almost seems like hippie-esque uh, so to speak but it's like um, but it's over cool beats um, that just I feel like was kind of like from the 80s era, you know, 80s, 90s, there was feel-good music mm -hmm. um, that we're able to kind of encapsulate, which is, which is amazing. But I would say uh, the call and response is always amazing, those type of moments or when the music stops and somebody knows the record, um, you know, it, it, it warms your heart because you put literally your heart and soul in, into it. And you're touching lives. Yeah. In probably ways you never even imagined. Never imagined, imagine, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with the Orange Collective, what is the main message of your vision? I mean, what is it you're trying to do with the Orange Collective in Orange with or, with Orange With Orange Collective, it is, it is this. It is uh, act, act local, think global. You know what I mean? And um, I think it's something we said in our first interview when we were on, we're on, we were on Dash. Um, we were, uh, uh, it, we're a group with so many different diverse um, talents and, and, and gifts at the same time and diverse ourselves. So showing that and showing that we can bring that to the main stage, just like Drake did with Ovio and Canada, that, that Orange County can play in the big leagues as well. The culture, the people here, the government here, the media sources here can all play at the bigger scale. Um, and, you, and you can be yourself while doing it. You don't got to play to the rules um, of media or other areas. Just be your most authentic self. And I think that's what we played to very, very well, you know, and, uh, and people like yourself are, are, are enjoying it. You know what I mean? When we were able to perform at OC Fashion Week, um, that was the kind of the first, like, outside the club experiences and people actually being resonating with it because you're hearing... Laguna, you're hearing Huntington, you're hearing Newport, um, it makes you feel um, like home and safe. You know? you know what's funny, you're also probably breaking down some of the perspectives that, or, or the paradigms or the judgments people have towards Newport Laguna of what they represent. And until you come here, you really don't know, right? You, don't, you definitely don't know. Coming from, from Fullerton, like I was telling you off camera, um, and, and working in that space, um, and then coming to South County, because uh, it's North County, South County, it really um, was a, a perspective shift for me. Um, and to see how, how open people were, you know what I mean? People like Lido House, people like Nobu, mm -hmm. um, people like um, Back Bay, um, just been so accommodating um, to, to what we, to what we're, the, the movement that we're essentially, which is, which is us, you know, yeah. Orange County. So um, it's, it's been amazing to see that, 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 that pendulum shift. 
So as an artist, the world's a big place, and obviously you're not trying to niche yourself into a specific group of people. Obviously, the wider, the broader, the deeper, the more diverse is, is kind of your audience. So um, in terms of the audience and demographic, have you thought about who you're trying to connect with with your music? Yeah, um, we definitely know, um, we definitely know uh, young people. Uh, we definitely know people that love music. We definitely know people that are like into traveling you know, high-end living. Um, we're definitely people that are spiritual. There's some spiritual essence to the music, too, mm -hmm. um, that's, like, lightly niched within there. So it's, it's, it's a lot of, um, I want to say, the spirits of influence um, that we speak to, you know, political, the technology, all those different types of spirits that we want to do um, to thus encapsulate um, the world. Yeah. And basically save the world as much as possible through music, you know? Right. That's what you want to do. Give people hope. Yeah, give people hope. So in writing music, you tell a story, a story that hopefully connects with the audience, right? So where do you draw your greatest inspiration for your lyrics? I mean, do you guys have writers? Or oh, is this is okay, yeah. So the writing experience? process. So um, what we'll do usually is we'll put a beat on, and then um, we'll sing a melody, we'll hum something, and then the words will just flow. Um, and I think that it's based upon life experience or people we've listened to or things we've situations we've come across um that's really been kind of the the, the beautifulness of uh, the orange collective is that we don't have to sit there for hours and be like man like we need we need to make a and that's what we took out of the, off the table a long time ago stop thinking in terms of we need to make a hit or make a banger because so many artists feel like they need to make a hit or make a or make a banger you just need to make something that that feels good you know to to you and Hopefully somebody resonates with it. And it doesn't have to be for everybody, you mm -hmm. know, just as much as people just listen, that's all. It's a big world out there. Yeah. Right? It's never going to be for it's enough room. It's enough room for, yeah. for uh, everyone to, you know, ride their wave. So <laughs> what's the uh, vision for the Orange Collective in the next year or so? Uh, next year or so, uh, we're working on another album, um, Good Energy, the, the project, the, the music video. Um, we'll, uh, I know Wim had an album that dropped. Zamir had an album that's coming. Um, I have some video stuff that will be coming pretty soon. Um, some more shows and performances. Uh, hopefully we'll do a little bit of another tour um, through Orange County, more interviews uh, especially. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully we, uh, we get like a festival. That would be nice, you know, we talked about that. Some type and of festival. Festivals can be huge. All we yeah. need is one, you know, South by Southwest or yeah. Coachella or something like that, just to, just to put, uh, you know, Orange County in a different, a different um, kind of space. And, it's, and people are doing great out here, by the way. Young Pinch, who I've met recently, talks about a lot of uh, Orange County. He's an artist from Huntington Beach. Uh, there's another guy named Fora that's doing amazing stuff. But it's crazy because we're kind of becoming the poster child for Orange County as like the next kind of hip-hop guys, you know, to kind of put it out there. So Yeah. It was, and then that video, he had, he had some great shots of Orange County. and Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Shout out Jacob, uh, the videographer, man. He brought that to life. We shot that video over, I believe, three or four days. It was a nice storyline, kind of going into it on the call. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Drive. That was Speak Life. That was Speak yeah. Life three one zero, and it was like we. I was saying, I was like, we need to do something like Bad Boys, like esque, um, like Bad Boys meets Orange County, and uh, that was that was the cool little phone call, uh, little little drop. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, who's been the most influential person in your life? Oh man, this is crazy. Um, for me, um, I would say. Um, my dad, um, Willie Holmes Sr., I would say Jesus, um, 
for those that do believe in the higher power of God, whoever you believe in. Um, and I would say um, Kanye West. I, ironically, I got in trouble <laughs> when I was a kid for listening to College Dropout. Um, they were like, oh, he's a college dropout. Oh, you want to do that? You want to be a college dropout? I was like, no, no, no. I just like the way his music sounds. Um, and look at him now doing stuff <laughs> yeah. like for church and stuff like church, that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it, I told him, I teased my parents. I was like, look like he did well, huh? He wasn't too crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say I would say those I would say those uh, say those those three people. Um, oh, and obviously, and obviously, um, uh, you know the Orange Collective and mm-hmm. and the people that uh, Matt and Dee and the people I work with. with yeah, collaborate collaborate yeah. with now. You know. Yeah. So, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned in life to this point? Oh man, this is good. This is really good. Um, I think um, more so. Uh, don't, don't try to do everything at once. You can take your time. There's enough time in the world to do all the different things that you need to do. And anything is possible. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, so many times in life you wonder why you're not, you know, why you're not signed or why you don't have enough money or why you're not married or why you're not this. You go through all these things and you just step by step. That's, that's all it takes. You know, just put one foot in front of the other. And, uh, that's all you need. Yeah, I was reading somewhere that Beethoven hit it big at 96. I mean, there's a lot of people you can point out. Ray Kroc at uh, McDonald's hit it big at 54, 55. Right. Um, I think he came on the idea when he was 50. So age is a relative who's, thing. Who's, who's to say? You know? And I think, you know, any setback is, is kind of interesting because is it really a setback, right? Right. Or is it God's way of working your life so you don't totally screw it yeah, up? Yeah, you got you to fail forward, you know. Yeah. And, and speaking of what you were talking about, I, I went through that, that season when I um, – Cal State Fullerton, and I, I, I always try to tell people this story when I can. Uh, I was at Cal State Fullerton, and um, my, my freshman year, I was, I've always been in school politics, president of the school, this and that. I was on ASI, and um, I was, you know, partying, having a good time, you know, like every good freshman does. And um, I was just, I was having a hard time in my math class. And so I ended up failing my math class twice, and I got put on probation, and I couldn't come back until I had passed, you know, the math class at a junior college mm-hmm. so I was able to do that and took me like I went to three or four different junior colleges and this is tell you this tell you the power of persistence and the power of prayer finally got back to uh, Fullerton College and I worked with this lady and I told her I said hey if you give me this chance this is my last chance at life to finish out my degree she gave me that shot I was able to get I got a C plus or B I was able to get back into Cal State Fullerton and it shows you Things happen for a reason. I think if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have that humility. Because from that mm-hmm. point, I had not been given things, but it was like, you're going to be the guy. You're going you're gonna to be successful. And, and then you have that wake-up call where it's like, hey, you got to be aware. You've got some adversity, right. which now gives me the, the testimony to be able to say that right now, talking about adversity and, and, and failing forward. I fell forward hugely so I could tell somebody else right now about it. So It's powerful. So... Uh, for future generations of musicians, people that are five years old, eight years old, 10 years old, maybe 14, maybe 20, um, is there any wisdom as a musician you could pass along um, um, to them? Definitely um, practice, practice, practice. Is, <laughs> practice makes perfect. I know as cliche as that sounds. Um, and um, don't be afraid to show your talent and um, put yourself in the right positioning. 
You know, a lot of times people say, man, I need, I need a manager, or I need this, or I need that. It's like half the battle is you showing up. What is it you miss? What is that? You, you miss 100% of the shots, shots you, you, don't take. you don't take. Was that Michael Jordan? I, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's important that you do that. Um, also make sure you're, uh, I don't want to say industry ready, but just ready um, for where you want to go. Not fake it till you make it, but just be ready for where you want to go. That's why I try to have it now. It's like. I used to think, fake it till you make it. No, just be ready for where you want to go. And that could be anywhere. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Is there anything we um, haven't covered? Like, you should, like Yeah, I was, um, um, yeah. Uh, I would say what category, we're, the music that we're, the genre we, we've kind of came up with is, is very surf rap. It's, it's intermixing um, surf culture with, with hip hop culture. So people, like I said, have looked at hip hop in a certain way, can see another side of uh, the coin. Yeah. Um, that, that's really cool. So I feel like what we're bringing to the table is really refreshing um, to the audience. And also on that first album, we were able to not, uh, not have any cuss words. So that was really cool that we were able to encapsulate something like that to the line and be able to come up with something pretty cool and, 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 um, and uh, well, you genuine. potentially expand your demographic. Right, right, right. You know, hey, Disney, you never know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. How can they learn more about you and the Orange Collective? Um, orange underscore collective. You can follow us there. You can also follow me at Mayor, M-A-Y-O-R-O-F-O-C. You can also follow, follow MBL Zamir at MBL Zamir. You can also follow at Wim the Musician, Wim underscore the underscore the Musician. Yeah. And that's W-I-I-M? W-I-I-M. Right on. Yeah. Mr. Foley, thanks for coming on your birthday. Um, Thank you for the opportunity really for even reaching back out. Yeah, man. Blessings Pleasure. and waves. Yeah. Blessings and waves. <laughs> thanks.